and gentlemen, welcome back. Football season is upon us. Grab a cold one, get the good times flowing. The Triple F is back, baby! The first crack of May, season two underway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. We are so excited to be back in the studio. We have so many iconic and electric moments coming up this year. Let's hear it from the crew. Boys, how freaking fired up are we to be back for season two? A cold, crisp opening for a crisp and delightful season two coming to your ears soon. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited. I can't say it enough. Like always, we are going to get started with some great recaps, but more importantly from our lives. What have you missed out on? We've been away for a long time, many months coming. Let's hear it for y'all summer. Chadillac Fangman, get us started high and low of the summer. So the easy answer, Slade, would be I got married, but I don't like, Woo! I don't like giving easy answers. So I'm going I'm to go a little farther in depth. I, I love you, Yada, if you're listening. You are. That was the best day of my life. But let's go a little more in depth for something more Triple F related. So they say when you get older, you either get into World War II, history, or smoking meats. And I, I wanted to try my hand at just cooking everything on a mesquite grill this year. Boys, my high of the summer, I cooked the perfect steak on a mesquite wood fire. Straight on top, perfect char, had the grill marks, the little gold color you want. One flip did it. And uh, on the other side, my worst day of the summer was the week after when I burnt the shit out of the next day. <laughs> it was a pretty riveting summer. There's still some time left to go, but I'm excited to hear from the rest of the fellas. Yeah, so uh, my high and low um, is actually to do with farm. My high for the whole summer and this whole off season was back in late May, early June, when we literally could not even drive on a dirt road because it was so damn wet. Man, that was by far the best feeling. I've never, I have not been back here whenever that's happened. Uh, and so that was just such a great feeling. You just, you got such a different kind of energy around, you know, you drink beer a little differently, you talk to your friends a little differently. You just handle everything a little differently whenever things are going your way on the farm. My low of the summer is right now, whenever there has been a lick of rain since late May, early June, and it is so dry that even the kosher and the pigweed are dying. It is so frustrating, but we're one day closer to a rain, so we got to keep a positive attitude. It's, it's got to change at some point, and it's coming. Yeah, yeah, closer, baby. One day closer, that's right. Things are crispy right now, for sure. So, so unfortunately, Brent's not going to be here today. Uh, he got called in to do something last minute, but um, part of his high and low, his, his high was he got married this past May, um, and then they went on a honeymoon in Antigua. That was his high. And that was kind of part of mine. It was kind of crazy in our family. Between my siblings and Catherine's siblings, we had two weddings, and we're going to have two babies this summer. So I finally got to be an, an uncle. Um, Catherine's sister had a little baby boy, and then and my sister, she, uh, she'll be having a baby here in the next couple weeks. So that was probably probably the high. Wait, your sister Nicole Harrison? That's right. <laughs> Great call, Harrison. That's right. So, so there's the highs. Yes, the summer the summer low is, is I'm right there with Dane. 
seems like we've worked really, really, really hard this summer. We don't have a lot to show for it. We're burning up out here. So that's the low. Uh, Brent didn't have a low. He said, no such thing as a low. Positive vibes only. Great attitude. Thank you, Slade. Great attitudes all around. My high is also pretty wedding-oriented. Through the month of July, I had three different weddings that I was involved in. Well, okay, one I wasn't involved in, but it was a very rich, very nice, fancy wedding of the Callie Kirkland. I went there with uh, my best friend Carson Kirkland. Um, I hope he doesn't hear that. I don't want it going to his head or anything. Uh, but then I had my sister's wedding the following weekend, uh, Paige Robin. Shout out to you, Jacob. Piss off. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then the third and final wedding, I got to stand up there with one of my best friends, Austin Calhoun, uh, and got to watch him and Emmy send it off in style uh, with a cigar smoke in the background. So that you can't beat that. And then my low, um, as Chad so beautifully pointed out, the Arizona Cardinals are struggling. And I don't know if any of you saw this a viral video. But my low was absolutely when the Cardinals practice video came out of us just looking like complete buffoons and Colt McCoy absolutely launching it at a receiver and decking him, decking a DB in the back of the head who had his head turned around completely, just complete dysfunction. I mean, it just confirmed all of my worst fears. So shout out to that low. Uh, it really sucks to be an Arizona Cardinal fan right now. But as Brent said, there is no lows. Uh, so with that being said, Dane, I know that we normally talk about Vega. You probably don't have a ton to give us right now, but give us something to be excited about. What's a good record prediction for the Longhorns going into this year? Yes, Lane. So this is the part where it's kind of tough because it's hard to get my insiders talking because there's not a whole lot of film, not a whole lot of chatter going on. Um, something interesting that happened within uh, Vegas football district is Booker went down to a six-man classification. So that took one person or one team out of the district. So there's good and there's bad here. Uh, good thing is there's an automatic bid for the playoffs for the Longhorns. So no matter what happens, the Longhorns are in the playoffs. The bad is, is that is one less game on your schedule for your kids to go play. And the worst part is that happens when we were scheduled to play Booker, happened to be right up next to a bye week. And so now Vega has a double bye. And so, I mean, some people may like that. It kind of depends on what kind of shape you're in there. Um, some people might hate it. You know, two weeks off and then expecting to come play the game that we have after that two-week uh, two bye is Sunray, who if you're going to make a wild prediction, that could be a – a district championship deciding game right there and coming off a double bye could benefit you could hurt you time will tell um but as far as this week we're uh going to bovina to play them and there's like i said there's not a whole lot of film but one of my insiders did tell me that this should be a very winnable game for the longhorns so longhorns going to come out strong they're going to win right there as far as the record prediction uh you're supposed to play 10 games in the regular season but we only have nine because of Sunray. And so we are going to go 9-0, and I think. And then win the district title playoffs, I'd probably say we'd win out and go win the state title. So go Longhorns. Let's freaking go. Go Longhorns indeed. Um, with the football being on the mindset, we know it's coming in. 
Y'all talked about it being dry, but get some farming into our veins. We've been missing it here in the Triple F over the summer. What do we need to get done in order to get ready for this football season coming right up, Eric? Well, we kind of hit on it earlier. We we came into this year just bone dry. We had no sub-moisture. We had no winter moisture. I mean, it was things were looking pretty tough. Um, we kept hearing that we would be transitioning out of La Nina into El Nino. We kept hearing it. We kept hearing it. But we kind of kept getting told that it'd be, you know, mid to late summer. Well, it, it kind of came a little bit earlier. It kind of moved and started transitioning in May. It came with a ton of rain. I know at, at my dad's barn, we had 15 inches of rain in 30 days. I mean, just, just unheard of. You know, we average 18 inches a year. So we got a, a year's worth of rain in one month. Things filled up Playa Lakes. Um, it, it just gave all the fields a reset, gave us a full profile, kind of just like they say, totally changed everybody's attitude. So that was the good. Then, as we think we've fully moved into this El Nino pattern and we think things have changed, and people go to plant dry land corn at every acre and stretch in their water because we just think it's going to keep raining. Well, as fast as it got wet, that's how fast it got dry. Things really turned around in a hurry. Uh, we went right back to record heat. Um, like Dane said, we really haven't had a good rain since the middle of June. Uh, it's, it's been a struggle. Things have burned up. And we're kind of right back where we were. So that's the tough thing on the farm is it seems like we worked really hard this summer to just kind of watch everything burn up. But, um, you know, right now, August is kind of a, an in-between time for, for farming. It's, we've kind of been able to come up for air and, and relax a little bit. Won't be long. We'll be planting wheat. And won't be long after that, we'll be right into fall harvest. So, yeah. So, uh, what's funny about it is whenever we started to get all that rain, that's kind of whenever we transition into the super busy season as farmers around here you know you're planting you're starting to plow you're starting to come across everything that got manured and and then you're also trying to get everything ready for a wheat harvest and i remember i called chad and i said man i don't know how the hell we're gonna get everything done this is crazy there's just a never-ending list of stuff to do and chad said oh hell you sound like i did a few years ago you're gonna look back in about august be like, wow, I can't believe I got all that done. Well, Chad is right, but it's because it hadn't rained a drop. <laughs> I thought the list was going to be never-ending, and then all of a sudden we look up and there's nothing to do. It's dry as a bone, but we're going to be all right. We're one day closer. Yeah, just a little more good news. It is dry, but the cattle market is booming right now. If you know, I know we're all kind of in the cattle market to some degree, so... If there is a bright side out of this summer, it grew a lot of a lot of feed to get us through the winter, get us in the next spring, and the cattle market. We, you know, everybody should sell their calves for pretty good this year. So, a little bit upside to to go with the drought. We ought to have a daily Triple F podcast. Get Chad's glass half full mentality injected into my veins. I need that positivity in my life. <laughs> with that positivity, I need y'all to tell me, Chadalax, since you're the positivity guy, I need you to tell me. NFL, college, whatever it may be, anything football-wise, what has fired you up the most over this offseason in this dead period? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like such a homer and biased. I am so damn pumped for the Chargers this year. I can't – every year everybody always has them a little higher than they should be, and they always underperform. But since they've got Kellen Moore and drafted Quentin Johnston and Darius Davis out of TCU, I've – I cannot wait to see them play this year. 
obviously I don't love the head coach situation. I'd rather Kellen Moore just be the head coach, but but like you said, I'm a I'm a glass half full kind of kind of guy. So I'm just really excited to see how they do this year. I can't believe a team that would get rid of Kellen Moore as their OC. Uh, God, what what kind of mistake could that be for a pro team? But you know, I'm I'm just excited to see how that plays out. I'm very interested to see how this Kellen Moore situation turns out because I think we're like this next year, maybe these next two years, we're going to find out how good. Kellen Moore is as a head coach because, you know, you can make calls here and there if if he was limited in, in Dallas with his offense and, you know, Eric's not happy with me saying that right now, but you you could everybody can make an argument there, but now he's he's got the quarterback and he's got arguably one of the best wide receiving cores in the league. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're really going to find, you know, find out how good of a coach he is, but, um, the thing that got me most excited for, I'm also going to sound like a homer. It's got to be Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. I am, I'm pumped. I think, I think Brent called it last year whenever I was doing the segment of uh, where they were going to end up, and he he just waited on Aaron Rodgers, just waited, waited who where he's going to go, and he said he's going to the Jets. He's going to do exactly what Brett Favre does. So I got to say, I'm very excited for Aaron Rodgers now, and I'm very excited for Jordan Love in 15 years. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the Kellen Moore deal was a big deal. I think as a Cowboys fan, we hated to see him leave. And then what scares me even more with the Kellen Moore deal is now Mike McCarthy's came out. He's going to be calling plays for the Cowboys, which makes me cringe so hard. Not excited about that. And uh, anyway, I think for me, we're all going to kind of go with the Homer deal. But, you know, we talked about it at the end of last year's podcast with the Bobby Petrino hire at A&M. But the more and more that I'm hearing kind of the experts come out or a lot of the insiders at A&M that are talking about what their practices are looking like, we're fixing to go up-tempo. We're fixing to speed things up. We're going to throw the ball to our studs all over the place. We're fixing to be really fun to watch. So for me, all this hype about the Bobby Petrino offense, I, I think it's going to be really exciting. I hope that was a crisp, clean open because my highlight is the crisp, clean, off-season PR that I have seen coming out of Texas Tech. I'm going to go the homer route, but I can't homer my Arizona Cardinals because, let's be honest, they suck. So, my highlight is by far Texas Tech right now, and specifically one singular moment got me out of my chair excited this summer. And it was when Joey McGuire decided to climb the crane at the construction tower for the new end zone at Texas Tech. Obviously, the big project at Texas Tech is taking all of the PR focus right now, and it should. That is showing the investment into your program. But I was in a sports PR class this past spring with the senior associate athletic director, the head of all PR at Texas Tech. And the day after that tweet came out saying 15 thousand retweets and joy will climb the tower and immediately it went viral that night and joey tweeted said i'm climbing the tower the head of pr came in there and we were asking him what the heck like that's crazy is he really gonna do it and he said only thing i know is that is happening is the dumbass intern that tweeted that is definitely getting fired because if joey falls i'm screwed and so that was a highlight and he just showed that he is all in he's a tech guy I cannot express my love for Joy McGuire. Shelby's probably getting jealous in the next room hearing this. But I love Joy McGuire with all of my freaking heart, baby. And that 
is by far my highlight going into this season and exactly what got me fired up coming out of the gate. So coming out of the gate, again, we talked about Bobby Petrino, but we're going to come back to it, Eric. Let's talk about A&M. You've expressed to us your satisfaction on the PR from a different standpoint with A&M. Talk a little bit about how you've liked to see A&M not be so much in the spotlight like you did last year. Yes, that's exactly right, Slate. So if I was Jimbo Fisher, and this was my program, I would literally put in every locker, on every door, on the field, it would be, I would say, every huddle, every meeting, I'd say, stop talking, shut up, win football games. And that's just what I think the entire mindset of us needs to be this year. We're not hyped up for the first time in a long time. We're ranked 23 in the AP poll. That is the lowest we've been going into a season in a very, very long time. We're not being talked about as a potential SEC West you know, contender. We're not being talked about in any way, shape, or form nationally. So I love it. I don't want anybody to talk about us until about week six. I want it to be a super quiet start to the season. I just want us to shut up and win some games. And I think that that's kind of the attitude of A&M in general is let's quit talking. It's time to see – a product out there like like let's for once be a sleeper instead of you know the way 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 overhyped six ranking in the AP poll last year so i got a question for you based off of that how hot is the seat for jimbo i mean we all know the contract situation i'd like to know your thoughts on it is it a hot seat warm seat or is it cold we need to have a good year this year and we should i just think his contract there's so much money there that I don't think he's going anywhere, at least for a couple more years. So I don't, I don't think that's going to come into play. I say that we go six and six, everything changes. So, but, but right now I think he's okay. Um, Brent had a little A and M take on here. He said, "This is kind of his prediction." He said, "Besides Ohio State, Texas A and M has the best receiving core in the nation." I firmly believe that. Anaya Smith, Moose Muhammad, and Evan Stewart. Remember those names. We are going to throw the ball all over the field. Put up 50 points a game, and it's actually going to be fun to watch. So there's Brent's take. He's absolutely right. There's talk about Evan Stewart. Like, there's, they're already saying he's better than Mike Evans. I mean, there is a lot of hype around that kid. A lot of people super, super excited. Uh, talked about the offense a second ago. Hopefully we're going to throw the ball around score some points. Is there any concern at all of Bobby Petrino being an ex-head you know, head coach of them? And, you know, say him and Jimbo start out 3-2. and two. At what point can that get pretty muddy? And, you know, you got Petrino over here. He used to do it this way and had, had success. And you got Jimbo over here. Well, well, he used to have success, too. Do you see any problem arising there? I definitely could see that. It's already kind of awkward because Jimbo still has not came out and just said that Bobby Petrino is calling the plays. He is the offensive coordinator. It's his, it's his deal. And that bothers me because – you know, that's why we brought him in. That's what we need him there for. So I can see that happening for sure. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But but we'll see. Um, I, do you want to go into, like, what we're kind of record-wise or get into that later, Slate? I think we need to compare because then I want to hear Chad's input. Yeah. So from that standpoint, I love all the feedback. Dane we are not the same humble fans as our beloved Rohrbach brothers. Let's be honest. We're a little bit boisterous. And, I mean, we are pretty over the top as tech fans. And 
Damn it, I'm not sad. I'm not, I, I do not care. Is there any reason not to be absolutely juiced this year, Dane? And is it just impossible not to be delusionally excited? Well, I think what you're, like, what the deal is between us and the Robacks is, uh, you know, like, we have not had that level of excitement in a long, long time. They, they have had a little bit of success. They have something to compare to. We don't. And so whenever there gets to be a little bit of momentum building, it is so hard not to just take it and run. Because I have not been this excited, and this is probably a bad thing, but I have not had this high expectations in a long, long time. And so, yes, I am could be 100% delusional. But I, I do just, it's like you said earlier, it is so hard not to just fall in love with Joey McGuire. What he's done there, he has completely changed the mold. He is recruiting straight out of Texas, and he is just, like, he, he's very humble. He's just putting his nose down. He's doing all the dirty work, and he is he's making it so easy to be likable. Like, he, he is doing a great job to make us delusional if this doesn't work out, if that makes any sense. I don't think that we're delusional. Time will tell, but all I can say is I am so, so excited for the season. Absolutely. You nailed it right on the head. Joey McGuire is the perfect PR guy to have in the building. That same guy that I was talking about that was scared to lose his job if Joey fell off the tower also said, I suck at my job if Joey doesn't look great because Joey is the easiest guy to market in the history of football. He's like, this is how real this guy's energy is. And that is just so infectious throughout the whole program. A little snippet from the Big 12 press conference, Joey McGuire came in and they were talking about, we didn't lose a single starter on offense this past year. And then on defense, they talked about losing Tyree Wilson. Went first round of the Raiders, just a dog of a D-end. And they talk about replacing that size, that versatility. And he says, you know, I don't mean to sound like we're not going to miss him because it's Tyree Wilson. He's a first-round draft pick. He's like, but we're almost in a better spot at that position. And that was whenever I was like, oh, shit, the depth is real. Let's freaking go, baby. I've been so excited. I am so delusional right now that – for my record prediction, let's get him out in the air. For my record prediction for Texas Tech, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be a little bit salty if we're not 9-5 and five or better. I think that if we go anything less than what we were last year, it is upsetting to me because I am so emotionally invested. Do I think that's delusional? Sure. Do I think that we're going to be in – you know, the race for those New Year's Six Bowls? I don't know. But I think that we can absolutely repeat the success we had last year and build upon it, and that is what I expect. Slade, I love your enthusiasm, but i got to say you are a little bit delusional. You said that you expect us to go 9-5. and five. That's impossible because you only play 12 games in the regular season, 13 <laughs> with the bowl game. So – that, uh, that part is a little bit delusional, <laughs> but I, I do love it. I do love it. <laughs> he said he focused a little more on him than the guy. This just shows, this is all unscripted. I don't have notes or anything. This is straight from the heart, baby. 
Fuck you, Dane. All right, go ahead. <laughs> well, before before Dane, before you give your your take, like what you're talking about, what both of you guys are talking about, you want your coach, like your whole program, your whole fan base is bought in right now, and that's what you want. And that's what he's doing, and the fact that you are excited in a way, everybody is a little delusional of getting their math wrong and the numbers crossed is because they are all bought in. So I, I think it is what he's doing is really cool. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he he's completely just getting everybody on board, and I think that's his ultimate goal, is to get everybody on board. Um, my record prediction, it's not going to be 9-5. and five. Um, It's going to be, let's go 8-4. and four. I'm going to try and keep it in check a little bit, but I'm going to try and stay optimistic. I hope I'm wrong in a good way. I hope that we are better than that. But I think if we go 8-4 and four and end up with a really good bowl, I think that that is just going to keep on building the momentum. I think it's going to keep on, you know, getting better recruits and and keeping everybody together. And so that's what I'm hoping for. And uh, hopefully I'm wrong, and hopefully we do better than that. Eric, you're up. Let's hear the A&M predictions. All right, so I'll read you what Brent said first. Brent said a what defines a successful season this year is nine and three, and he brought up some good points. He said, "Don't forget the guys that we got to play. We got to play Arkansas, four ranked Alabama, twelve ranked Tennessee, five ranked LSU, twenty two ranked Ole Miss, and then we still got to play Auburn and South Carolina, who are both kind of on the up and up too in their program. So, the schedule is not easy." Um, I actually had written down, before Brent sent me that text, I had actually written down the same thing. To me, a successful season this year would be 9-3, and three, making a New Year's Six bowl game. Um, last, I mean, last we had the, the all-time highest recruiting class ever, you know, two years ago. Last year, those guys were 18 and 19 years old playing. I think they've all taken a huge step moving into this season. I think that everybody's going to be much more developed and ready to play. I don't think that we're there this year. I think, but I think that we're close, and this needs to be a stepping stone because I think like next year and the year after could be our schedule gets a little favorable. That class gets a little older, followed by some good recruiting classes. So I don't. I'm not going to tell you we're going to win the national championship this year. I'm not saying that. I I want this year to be that step you take in the right direction to where we're ready to contend one year from now. So that's what I'm. So all those 18, 19-year-olds that you were just talking about, did they stay, or was there a big group that left and went to the transfer portal? I do think we had the highest number of transfers in any D1 program, I do think. But it's it works both ways, right? It's a double-edged sword. We also brought in people from all over the place that wanted to play for Jimbo, wanted to play for our defense. So a lot of people haven't made a big deal of the guys we lost. A lot of they were buried on the depth chart anyways. A lot of those ones and twos did stay. So we lost a lot of talent, but I do think we filled in kind of the gaps we were needing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to throw out, yes I did have one extra game, but I was also including our bowl win on there. All I was saying is we better be one win better and I want to be in contention for a New Year's six bowl. That being said, Chadillac, you're the unbiased fan here. Tell us who is more delusional. Take out my extra game into consideration. <laughs> First thing that comes to mind is your prediction or Danes at 8-4. That's a 66% win percentage, which isn't the tech motto, D's get degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
expectations are right on point with the check And Slade's math is kind of just proving it right today. You know, I think both y'all's expectations are pretty well set. The, the Big 12 always eats itself alive. You can talk shit and say, you know, well, TCU last year wasn't deserving and there's really not a top-tier team, but they're kind of like the Pac-12. They just kind of eat themselves alive. And this is the first year in a long time that A&M, I'm not seeing, I haven't seen one Facebook post from old Tarleton Holloway or any rowbacks, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know sound the alarm and we're going to win the natty and this is the year. So I think y'all's expectations are pretty well set and, and you, you kind of you kind of know what your teams are. I'd I'd like to ask Eric a question. If you could trade today the coaching staffs and get McGuire and Kitley on A and M, they just seem to me so much more of an SEC fit. And to get the program and get get the right people behind your program, if you could trade coaching staffs today, would you do it? I am going to give this Bobby Petrino experiment a chance. So no, I'm going to say no because I'm really hoping that the flyer we sent on Bobby Petrino is going to pay off. But I like, I, I mean, that's, I like your your thought there. It's a great question. But then, so like Dane, you know, he said eight and four is a successful season. Obviously you probably include a, hopefully an Oklahoma or a Texas win in that too. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, we, if I remember correctly, Slade, you might correct me on this. We, I don't think we play Oklahoma, but we do play Texas, correct? Correct. We do not play Oklahoma or OSU this year, so that kind of blows. Okay. So what my hope is is we beat Texas, and then we meet back up with Texas in the Big 12 championship game and beat them again because definitely. I'm just so happy college football is not confusing right now with conference slim. I'm just happy they got everything geographically straight, and there's no long-distance weird, weird USC-Ohio State games or anything. Any bullshit. <laughs> it is so crystal clear, and they got the right guys for NCAA. <laughs> College football is like no rules, the Wild West. Like you can just do whatever you want. Pay guys, they can do drugs, they can transfer mid-season. It doesn't matter. You can do whatever. No, that's not true. You can do anything you want except for sports gambling. You can do as much crystal meth as you want, but you cannot place a bet on your own team. And apparently, you can get past around the drug test. You just have the four-string quarterback in a couple of <laughs> Breaking Bad has entered the college football playoff world. Can I say Watch one out. thing? Kind of going back to your first segment, you're high in the summer. This was maybe the funniest thing in the summer, and y'all all saw it too. We just got to address it. Was the Iowa State kicker betting the under of the Iowa State-Iowa <laughs> game. Comedy, everything funny doesn't get anything better than that right there. Well, there was also one where the, I think it, I can't remember if it was a receiver or a running back from Iowa that also got busted for gambling. And there was like an end game deal and uh, they could have won by a field goal and he took a knee on the one yard line. They were trying to let him score and he took a knee. Well, he bet the under in that game. Is so what I've seen. Don't know if it's completely true. But it goes along exactly with what you were just saying, Chad. But I just think it's hilarious. Let them gamble. <laughs> Let them freaking gamble. Let them bet the farm, baby. This is freaking ridiculous. Let the boys eat. I love it, and I'm so excited. Uh, I love the college football realignment. One last thing on tech. Tell you what's going to be an absolute game changer. It comes the second week of the football season for Texas Tech. Oregon Ducks coming in to play 
at Jones AT&T Stadium. That could change the season one way or the other for Texas Tech. If they come in and roll Texas Tech, that takes everybody's energy and excitement back down to the floor. And if we come out and we put on a show and we beat the Oregon Ducks, a snowball effect could really take over for the, te- for the Red Raiders this season. Well, so, Slade, along with your point there, you know, back, back whenever is Mike Leach, uh, there was a whole lot of, there was always that saying that anything happens at Raiderland in the dark, or however that saying went. Like, anytime there was a night game, crazy shit happened. And, you know, I felt like they've kind of lost that. I mean, we've had plenty of night games since then, and, you know, honestly, majority of them do not work out in Tech's favor. And so I feel like Joey McGuire has a chance to kind of bring back that part of it where you do not want to play in Lubbock at, on a night game. And that game, I think, tees off at not, or at 6 o'clock. And so he's got a big chance there. If Tech comes out and just shows out and wins big or wins in, in crazy fashion, he's got a, a very good chance of just rebranding that whole thing. Absolutely. It's going to play an incalculable effect on the rest of the season and with effects being in place Chadillac give us one last thing uh, to, to round out your original question of, of are y'all delusional are, are you on the right track <laughs> I had a Mike Leach quote I'd like to give and it I think it really applies to both y'all's fan bases this year so this was a reporter getting a quote before the I think the 2006 season and, and Leach, so imagine this in a nasally pirate voice, if you can, if you can hear it. R.I.P. Leach. He says, uh, everyone outside of Lubbock has low expectations. Good thing we play in Lubbock a lot this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that applies perfectly to both the Austin bases this year. Everybody else can have their doubts. You know, F them. We got our team, we're ready to roll. Love it. Rest, rest in peace to the pirate. Rest in peace to the legend. Um, you know, get your fat girlfriends out of here. Gotta love all those quotes from Mike Leach. Um, with that being said, boys, with a heart full of college football passion, we need the college football playoff predictions to get our minds set right going into the season. We're gonna do this draft style in true Triple F style. We are gonna draft our teams. There's four of us on here. Each of us get to place a team in the college football playoff. Chadillac Fangman, who is going to be the number one seed in the 2023 college football playoff? Uh, this is it, it's tough. It's this is a tough, tough pick with all the SEC teams out there. But I'm going to go different, and I think Jim Harbaugh is on a damn mission this year from God Himself. So I'm going to take Michigan as the lock to make the playoff. Well, shoot, that was that was a great pick, and that was definitely who I was leaning towards. Um, I'm not sure if they'll be the second seed, but I feel like with the craziness going on in the Pac-12, USC is just bound to make it in Caleb Williams' final year in college football. I think he's got another Heisman race in him. Will he back-to-back repeat? I don't know. Um, But I think that Caleb Williams will lead the USC Trojans back into the college football playoff discussion. I like that pink slate. I I think that y'all are both both right right there um you know the the normal brain would would pick georgia the two-time defending champion 
But anybody out there who has not seen a picture of their now starting quarterback, they they're not in great <laughs> hands. The dude it just looks like a nerd. But uh, he's obviously doing better than me. But so I'm not going to take Georgia just because I don't want to. Um, I have no idea why I'm doing this. There's just been a lot of hype around them for whatever reason. Give me Florida State, the Seminoles. There's been a lot of people saying that they're going to be thrown in there. I don't know why, and I have no reason to explain it, but uh, yeah, throw them in there. All right, so this is unbelievable that we've had three picks for the college football playoff and not one SEC team. When we, <laughs> when we all know that there's oh, three God. SEC teams. Oh, Set them up. So I, I'm actually going to go – the fact that we're not going to have Bama in our college football playoff, it seems crazy because I refuse to write them off. I mean, when Saban is ticked off, I mean, I just, I have already put a futures bet on Bama to win just because I just, I cannot get over everything that they've done. But that's not who I'm picking. I might surprise you guys, but I really, I think LSU is going to have a really good year. I think they're going to be super tough to beat. The roster is stacked. They've got their quarterback. They've got their coach. It's going to be really hard to beat LSU this year. I think. I think they're they're my they're my bet right now. If you had to pick somebody to win the SEC, I think I'd go LSU. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that was definitely who I had coming out of the SEC. I just think that that is a solid way to go, Eric. I just really do. I feel like LSU has the right things working for them. Second year under a great head coach. I feel like they got the juice, Georgia. It's really hard to get back three times in a row like that if your name is not Nick Saban. So I can't believe we didn't throw Nick Saban in there. It's making me re-guess you know, my decisions. But another electric, another iconic freaking draft. I'm so pumped up that the draft season is back for the Triple F team. With that being said, we got a lot of exciting drafts coming up. I'm talking about fantasy drafts, baby. The fantasy football season is coming up. Guys, we got to hear some sleeper fantasy picks. Give our listeners something to look forward to, something to keep their eyes in tune for, Chadillac Fingman, whenever fantasy football drafts roll around. All right, Soleil, so just a little background for everybody listening. We've done our own fantasy draft. The Has-Been's Invitational for probably the last eight to nine years. And every year... We do a live draft at, at the Roback residence, and it's always a freaking blast. Everybody gets drunk. Chip Morris can barely leave by the end of it. It's it's a hoot. Also, it's, it's not safe whenever Chip no, Morris is around on draft night. No, the, the bottom four from last year have to provide the food and the beer for everybody. That's kind of their punishment. Uh, last year, a taser showed up, and Cody Myers caught the brunt end of that, so that was pretty entertaining. This year, we're doing a little draft combine to de- determine the order and we're going to do a little beer palm, flip cup, some, uh, what else? We're going to cornhole toss. you got to catch a pass. And it, it's just a, a freaking blast. And also, we changed the scoring up a little bit this year where our kicker is double the points for makes and double the minus points for, for misses. So, I mean, we're cranking this to family feud round two on this, on this, on this league this year. So, so for, to apply to our league a fantasy sleeper, you know, I think a guy like Justin Tucker is going to win it for you because he might have 50 damn points in a playoff game. And I know that's not going to apply to a lot of a lot of fantasy leagues, but that's going to be my sleeper. Is the, the best kicker will likely win our league this year. The the fantasy football draft 
night is one of my favorite nights of the year. It might be my favorite captain, like my favorite night of the year. We cook steaks, we have good veggies that we throw in there, like the meal, we go all out. It, it is a absolute blast. So I I hate to do this because I really like this player, but I'm going to kind of go two different players, one that I wouldn't draft and then one that I would Travis Kelsey, I love him, and he has got me a lot of fantasy points over the years. But people are now talking about taking him, like, top three or four. He, I love him. He is so good. I hope he has a great season. But he has been so healthy for so long now that I just feel like he's due for an injury. And I hate to say, I never wish an injury upon a player. But he's also, like, 34. So, I mean, that, that's got to play in that, too. I, I would be scared to draft Travis Kelsey. And then my flip side of that, I feel like Mark Andrews will be the tight end to have this year. I think they are going to go off. I think the Ravens are going to be really good. Their offense is going to be totally different. I think they're going to throw the ball quite a bit. Um, they have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I, I think Mark Andrews. So, so there's my kind of my flip is I would be very scared to take Travis Kelsey that early. And then I think Mark Andrews is going to be a total stud. Well, one that I think that you should not draft – and I, I think I've been saying this the past two, three years, I would stay away from Derrick Henry. That's going to, I mean, that kind of mileage is going to catch up to him at some point. He's proved me wrong every single year. But I feel like I, one of these years I'm going to get it right, so I'm going to keep saying it. So I'm going to stay away from Derrick Henry unless it's just an absolute steal. One, uh, one guy that I think, I'm not going to say this guy's just going to hit a home run, it kind of depends on where you fall at on the belief of how early do you draft a quarterback. But I think that Jared Goff is due for a big year. And he's not one that's going to be thought of very highly. And so if you get Jared Goff in the fifth and sixth round, or hell, even maybe later, it just kind of depends on how what your belief and what your league kind of falls on, on how uh, quarterbacks score out. But I feel like that's one where – if you're not going to go draft a Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, if you're not going to go after one of the big guys early, I think you kind of wait a little bit and then you go after someone like Jerry Goff. I just think that that's a big sleeper pick. Slate, I think – I don't know what you think about this. I think Bijan Robinson is going to be the offensive rookie of the year. I think he's going off too. So I would not be scared to take him early. Oh, he's going nuclear for sure. I think that uh, Falcons offense is going to go uh, berserk. I think that they're going to have a great year. I took Drake London last year, and I was really excited about him for some reason because I just didn't think that they had a ton of weapons. And he was very so-so. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think that's a great, you know, foresight. I think a lot of people have Bijan Robinson. I wouldn't necessarily – reach for him as one of the top two or three running backs. But if he's there late in the first round, I wouldn't be scared to pick him up. That being said, another rookie that I am looking at, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the receiver that went to the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett is kind of getting up there in age. He didn't get a ton of targets. Russell Wilson and him had a really tight deal for a long time. But now you've got a little bit different perspective. With Russell Wilson out of there, Tyler Lockett isn't getting as much touches, and really DK Metcalf isn't commanding a whole lot of the pa uh, passing game either. Jackson Smith and Jigba is an all-around stud of a route runner that they can put anywhere. I love the way he plays, and I love what I've seen so far, and I really think that he, if you're going to look for a rookie receiver, I'm going to look for Jackson Smith and Jigba. 
So, the, I, I like the Smith and Jigba. He's not only going to be out for like two weeks, huh? Yeah. yeah so he'll be back. He'll be good. I really like that pick. Geno Smith is going to have a good year again, I think. The one, right. the one player, all good sleepers, all good busts. The one player I can't figure out, y'all tell me, is Calvin Ridley. What kind of damn year is he going to have after missing all of last year and coming in on this Jaguars team? I can't figure him out. Well, it depends on what kind of bets he puts in. If he bets himself <laughs> for the over-receiving yards, he's going to go off every week. Everything that I've seen social media-wise has been very positive. Like, he's mm-hmm. been going off in camp. Too positive. Yeah, I know. So, it's I, I kind of I think he's going off. Well, I Personally. mean, also, like, I, I mean, I don't uh, pay attention to the Jaguars all that much, but... I'm guessing they still have Christian Kirk. That's the only other name I know there. And so, I mean, I just from what he did at the Falcons, I think he runs circles around Christian Kirk. So, I mean, how is it not hard to take him right there? Absolutely. He's one of those guys that people are going to forget about. And another person that people often forget about, and I don't know why after his last two seasons, Amon Ross St. Brown. You just talked about Jared Goff having a big year. Amon Ross St. Brown wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. He doesn't get a lot of hype, but he has been an all-out workhorse for that receiving corps since Jared Goff got there. He's a solid player with solid production every year. If he is being forgotten about, you need to get him in your drafts. If it gets into round two or three, steal Amon Ross St. Brown while he's still there. He's a stud, and he's going to get touches. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. That's right there with the Jared Goff. He's going to have a good year. So they are going to throw the ball everywhere. The only thing I was going to say earlier, Slade, was I remember watching a, a little special on ESPN about the Ohio State receivers when they had Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I remember that all three of those guys on the freaking roster at the same time. I mean, imagine that. But I remember like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson saying that Jackson Smith and Jigba was the best one of the three. And look at how good Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson already are in the NFL. They already total studs, like potential Pro Bowl guys, and, and now Jackson Smith and Jim are coming in, who they said was better than them. I think that's unbelievable. So, you say that, put up a wide receiver room, them versus Alabama when they had Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Who's that? Calvin Ridley. No, it was Jerry Judy. Jerry, Jerry Judy. Judy. Yeah. yeah. Who would you put, who would you take up on that uh, Ohio State one, did they have Marvin Harrison Jr. there at the same time as all that? I think he was after the two was older after, guys. Okay. Yeah. But but then and I could even give you another one. Think about Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards, Alaire running back. But think about those three guys with Joe Burrow throwing the ball. You just think about you know, no wonder the LSU's of the world, the Ohio State's of the world, the Bama's of the world are so good. You start looking mm-hmm. at the the talent that's on those teams. I think about that LSU team all the time. I mean, I just, I'm mind blown that the, those two receivers were on the same team. Slade, there's a question for you about Dane. If Dane doesn't take Garrett Wilson first pick round one, is he really a Jets fan? No, he's not. If he's a real Jets fan, he'll take uh, pretty much the whole Jets roster with all of his picks. Well, so the thing about our, uh, our fantasy league is it is not – PPR heavy, like majority of uh, fantasy leagues around. And so now, like, of course, my mind was made up, Brees Hall round one, no matter what pick I have. Now I've got to decide between Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. <laughs> the Jets have freaking crazy backfield. The Jets are just freaking selling out for everything. 
I feel like so one thing that's pretty common in our draft is Cody Myers takes every Cowboys player in their defense by, by round four. I think that's going to be a different game this year. It's not legit. Quarterbacks and receivers and running backs go within the first five rounds. <laughs> Yeah, you're not a real Jet. You're not a real Jets fan if you don't take uh, your whole Jets team with the roster and just ride the wave. Um, but you know what? He could be a Facebook fan, like he said before. But we talked about Marvin Harrison. Uh, we talked about Marvin Harrison. I just want to touch on that being another great wide receiver that they're saying is even better than all of these guys coming out of Ohio State. I just wanted to wanted to throw out. He's going to look fantastic in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. Standing next to Caleb Williams, when we get them both. Who's going to throw him the ball, Slade? Caleb Williams, because we're going to get the number one and the number two pick because we have Houston's pick next year. Let's go, baby. <laughs> so, thank goodness for Triple F. Thank goodness for fantasy football talk. It's so good to be talking about football again, but, you know, as we start to round out, we're getting a little bit low energy, so. We might as well start off another great draft in the Triple F podcast history. We have a phenomenal draft to round out the episode one of season two. This is our football experience draft. So the rules of this are going to be a little bit more unique. Each person is going to take one drink to enjoy while you are watching the football game, one food to enjoy while you are watching the football game, and where to watch the football game. It doesn't matter which order you take them, doesn't matter where, what round, anything like that. You just have to end up with all three. With that being said, for our football experience draft, Eric, you have the first overall pick. Take it away. All right, thank you, Slade. There's a lot of routes I could go, but I feel like what I have to take off the board because these two things go hand in hand is I will be taking beer while watching a football game. I have to take that one off because how often do you watch a football game without drinking beer? So I'll take beer first pick. That, that is the obvious number you one. Had to go there. There. Yeah, we, we all knew that would be the first one taken off. Eric just got lucky that he was the first one picking it. And that's probably going to be you know, the winner just based off of that. Um, so Slade, just to clarify, we do not have to go drinks in order. We can do whatever we want, correct? Correct. Anything, anything, any of the three. Okay, so I'm going to go with a place to watch, and I'm going to go with Hummers in Amarillo. Hummers is a great place to watch a game um, for two reasons. For one, they usually have the the big game you want to watch, or no matter what, if it's a tech game, they have it on the big screen in there. There's a lot of room to watch it, and uh, probably the best reason to choose there is they don't cut you off unless you're just acting a fool with yourself. (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't been to Hummers, you got to get there quick. That place is awesome. Great pick, Dane. Great pick, Eric. Obvious number one. And what I feel like I have to do is take a food off the board now. I'm between two picks, and I feel like it's pretty obvious. One of them is known around the nation as a football food, maybe more in the Northeast, but it's near and dear to my heart. Maybe not so much in Texas, but it's got to be the wings. Wings and football and beer just seem right. Wings belong next to a football game. They're a great snack food. They can be a meal. They're so versatile. I'm taking wings off the board for my food. Yeah. Beer, wings, and Hummers, there ain't shit left to pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds like a Sunday afternoon. No kidding. 
I'm going to go a place. Drafts are fake, so I'm going to invent a time machine and be fake here. The place I most want to watch a football game, let's let's go back about 12 years in a time machine. I want to do Mason Cook's Basement. I want to <laughs> yes. go back to when I was 16 years old watching the Super Bowl in the Cook's Basement. There's a lot of people listening not going to understand that, but those of you that know, know that that's an all-time best place to watch a football game for a place. Absolutely. And then for my next pick, I'm going to go with food. It kind of, it kind of goes back to, to Dane's Hummer's. Give me some good old Hummer's mozzarella sticks with a little marinara on the side and a little ranch when you get tired of that. Mozzarella oh, sticks. Great pick. Man, it is just – it is so hard. There's so many great picks, I feel like, still on the board. But I feel like my beverages are pretty limited, so I want to steal one while I can. I'm taking a Lubbock local, a hometown favorite, one that's great on any hot day. Give me the Chilton. When life gives you lemons, make you a Chilton. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Gosh, great pick. That, that's a great pick. I was really hoping that you would uh, go with the location or food because I really wanted that one, but great pick. Uh, I guess I am going to take, let's say, uh, I'll do fried pickles. I love fried pickles, especially the ones from Hummers or uh, Hooters. They are phenomenal. And so I'll take fried pickles. Great pick. And with the fried pickles from Hooters, you led me right into my next my next pick. I, I'm kind of I love Hooters. I don't know. I just love Hooters. 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 <laughs> I just love watching games there. Like some of my best times in Amarillo is when we all meet up at Hooters. We drink too much. We get kicked out. Like that is the most. Uh, so I'm gonna take Hooters as my place to watch a game. And then you really can't get this food at Hooters, but I can't believe it's still on the board. So I'm going to take pizza because I, I just feel like pizza and football and beer just kind of all go together in a big, perfect mesh. So I'll take, take Hooters as the place, pizza as the, as the food. Yeah, that, you've got a pretty good, pretty good board there. If you could only throw wings in there also, that would just be incredible. Uh, so the only thing I have left is uh, what to drink. And beer and Chilton's are off the board. That's pretty much all I ever drink. So, uh, well, you know, whenever you get too full, you start drinking that double whiskey water and start just asking for doubles, triples, quadruples, whatever it takes until you get kicked out if you hadn't already. So uh, give me that whiskey water. Uh, Hopefully it's a night game. Is there a whiskey preference, Dana? Does it have to be a specific whiskey? Or if you're at that point... Are you just going with what they give you? It just depends on how shitty I am before I order that whiskey water. If I'm shitty, it does not matter. Well, whiskey is completely fine. But uh, if I'm looking for quality, I'll uh, go with something fairly smooth like a Buffalo Trace, maybe a Jack Daniels, something a little more classy because that's kind of the kind of guy I am. Yeah, you are a real classy lady, that's for sure. Um, you know, it's it's hard because there there's two places that I'm really fighting between on my places to watch, and one of them is my slumming favorite. I feel like if I recommend this to places uh, like a public podcast per se, some adults may go there and may not enjoy it. So I'm gonna go with everybody's favorite, a place where I've had a lot of 
drunk great times in Amarillo. Uh, any bad weather day, any good sports day, you can never have a bad time in here. Solid food, solid drinks. Give me Bubba's. Bubba's is my place to go to to watch the football game. Slade, I think that's the most underrated pick on board. Bubba's fucking rocks every time. <laughs> it does. Bubba's is awesome. Oh, so I'm the last pick. I got to have something to drink. Y'all are a bunch of damn alcoholics and pick beer and whiskey and Chilton's. Give me a tropical, a tropical punch. <laughs> Capri Sun. Those are good anywhere. Any day of the week, any event. If I can't have whiskey, beer, and Chilton's, give me a good old tropical punch Capri Sun. It hits. A pick for the kids, as they'd say. Great job, Chadillac, taking us home. Finally, as you loyal Triple F fans know, we end this in two ways, and one of those is our Bet the Farm segment of the week. We don't have anything major to bet, but we do have something to announce. We are officially keeping record this year, and there will be a punishment for last place. Dane, since you were the last place finisher of last year, do you want to announce the punishment for this upcoming season? Uh, well, so uh, we're kind of between a few things right now. Um, they're, they're between the $1,000 bet on the Super Bowl. Uh, so you have to do that if you lose. Uh, the second one is you have to play uh, 18 holes of golf with a dog shock collar around your neck and you get to get shocked once a hole and you don't know when all decided by us or we uh we have to do the blazing challenge at buffalo wild wings but before this we decided that we're going to do the blazing challenge at buffalo wild wings the loser has to do that and uh so let's just go ahead and paint a picture based off of last year i would have had to be the one to do the the blazing challenge so after that, the next time we go out, or maybe that night, depends on how my gut's feeling, we all have to go out, and I get all my drinks for free. So that's the one benefit of doing the, the Blazing Challenge. So that's that's what the punishment is, is you got to do the Blazing Five. Electric. <laughs> Eric, you've talked about some future bets this uh, podcast. To round out our Bet the Farms initial breakthrough of Season 2, Give our fans some future bets to lock in while they still got a chance. Okay, this is one that I think is obvious, but maybe I'm totally wrong on this. So, Georgia is back-to-back national champions, right? You already said it earlier, Slade. It is hard to do it three times in a row. Almost impossible. Well, the over-under at Vegas right now for Georgia is 11.5 wins, regular season wins. That means they have to go undefeated. To bet the over. I'm taking the under, 11.5. Last year, as good as they were, they were clearly the best team in college football. They almost lost at Missouri on a late Saturday night. There is no way that they can lose everybody they've lost in the last two years, and they can have an undefeated this year. I know their schedule is weak. I know that they got an awesome draw from the SEC West. If everything lines up for them, there's no way they go undefeated. I don't see it happening. Hammer... Georgia, under 11.5, they will lose one game. Hammer it. So, I think that's a great pick. Uh, like you said, it's very hard to do. For mine, for my future bet, I'm going to kind of do the same thing, but I'm going NFL. 
I'm going to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I really don't know what if the line has changed at all, but whenever I said it, the uh, over-under wins was six and a half. And uh, I'm taking the under. I think you hammer it. They just announced Baker Mayfield's the starting quarterback. And, uh, man, I, I do think Baker could be a good quarterback somewhere. Uh, I mean, he caught a bad break in, in Cleveland when he was there. But I feel like it's going to be one of those where they start out about one and three or one and four and quote unquote try and see what they have in Kyle Trask and hope that they lose every game there and start tanking. So that's basically all I'm banking it off of. And I think Todd Bowles will get fired and he will go be a defensive coordinator for somebody. And that that team, whoever he goes to, will be a Super Bowl contender that next day. I think that's pretty good. I think especially this year, come you know week twelve, there's going to be a Caleb Williams race. Mm-hmm. So yes. if the Bucks are sitting there with three wins, and Todd Bowles is, I don't, I don't know that they'll fire him if he's bad because they want that number one pick. I think there's going to be a lot of teams: Slade's Cardinals, your Bucks, the Rams. They're gonna, not your Bucks, but just the Bucks. There's going to be a few teams in that Caleb Williams race. Uh, my pick, I'm gonna. This, this is a homer pick. I'm gonna try to sell it to you for just a second. Is Justin Herbert to an MVP at plus a thousand? Pretty good odds. Let me just paint a picture. Joe Burrow is starting the season off with a bum calf. It's gonna take him till week four or five to really get humming. There's Patrick Mahomes fatigue, Aaron Rodgers fatigue, Jalen Hurts is gonna have a natural pullback from the Super Bowl year. So go ahead and just sprinkle a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot. It's plus a thousand. If you want to put ten bucks on it, you're gonna win a hundred. Put a little bit on that Justin Herbert MVP, and let's see how that plays out. Yeah. So I was gonna read Brent's off. He's right along the same same lines, Chad. He's going MVP race. He says hammer Trevor Lawrence for the MVP. He's heavy on the Jags this year. He thinks they're gonna go off. Thinks this is the year Trevor Lawrence is, gets into that elite quarterback, that top one, two, three conversation. Uh, Brent says, Trevor Lawrence wins MVP. Hammer it. Hammer it. Bet the farm on it. And by all means, play some bangers with it. Brent Rohrbach, our banger of the week guy. We were sad to miss him episode one, but don't you worry. Brent is here to stay on the Triple F podcast. And most importantly, his bangers of the week are here to stay. So with that being said, Brent's banger of the week for episode one of season two is by surprise by South Hall. Thanks for listening. May all your bet the farm future bets hit. May the rain come pouring. May the drink start flowing. And by all means, have an electric and iconic end to your summer. Never
God's own 